Blog Talk Radio.
Technical difficulties is <laughs> part of the show. Um, welcome to the Click Radio Show. I'm Nikki, your host, joined by Sean and Aaron. As always, say hello, gentlemen. Hello, 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 hello. And my hello. internet says connected, and it has strong signal, and it says cannot reload page because internet is not connected to the internet. So I don't get it. Um, anyway, we are not going to take anything personal, including (laughs) bad internet. (laughs) Okay, so, um, we are going to talk about the very inspiring book, The Four Agreements. Now, I read this book years and years ago, and I thought, um, this was before my, long before my awakening, and it still clicked with me as something that was very simple. It seemed very simple, but not easy uh, because it went against almost everything that I knew um, that I was being taught. So it resonated with me because I knew I wanted something different and I knew there was something else out there because what was working, what, what I had, my belief system at that time was very frustrating and felt very limiting for me, and I was not satisfied within it at all. Um, And I read this book, and I thought, wow, this is very simple. And I could see how and why the people who I knew from that um, cultural background always seemed so at peace, and I wanted to have that peace. And I think that is what drew me um, to this book. So um, Hmm. have you, before we get into the book, Aaron, you've read this, right? Yes. Yes, okay. Do you want to kind of talk about your kind of overall response to how how you felt about the book or how you come to read, how you you had come to read the book and kind of the effect it had on you, and then we'll go in, we'll get into it. Absolutely. I was at a thrift store <laughs> just perusing the book section, and I saw the four agreements on the shelf in brand new condition. It was under $3, and I thought, what the hell, why not? Uh, and so I read it, and I was blown away by how simple yet profound the whole book was. It's a really quick read, and it was really concise. You know, some books they like to indulge their uh, their ability to pick out fancy sounding words and and uh, okay. you know, really elaborately constructed sentences. And this I felt was really simple and very much from the heart, without losing any of the depth or the um, or the wisdom, the profoundness that other types of authors try to emulate through excessive word usage mm-hmm. and. Uh, and the the four agreements for me became a very much like a compass or a, a roadmap to letting go of some bullshit. You know, it would be me letting letting go of some dead weight that I had been carrying with me, and I still defer to it frequently. I passed my copy of the book along to someone else, but the four agreements are something that I think about constantly. It's easily become one of my favorite books 
Um, and if you're if you're into some if you're someone who likes to read quote unquote self help books, or is just looking for something that will cause you to think a little bit more and reach for a little bit uh, reach for um, happiness, or if you're looking to reach for just a, a better state of being, I think that that book is at the very least worth a read because it it puts some very simple ideas in your mind that can do a lot for you. Absolutely. And Sean. I think for me, man, you know, if you listen to the shows and it, all I talk about is honoring yourself and not mm-hmm. giving your power away to other people to define you and finding the power to define yourself, that's what grabbed me about the book. It, it, it talks about the fact that you are a manifestation of God. Mm-hmm. And when you give your power to someone else to define you, you're actually sinning. You're actually living in sin. When you tell, when you when you allow other people, or you live your life in accordance to how other people um, are more comfortable with you, or if you allow other people in any other circumstance, or if you mitigate yourself to any degree to appease someone else, how you're living backwards. And you know, I talk about that all the time. So when I read it, I'm like, yo, okay, this is exactly it. And it's cool to see something. You know, something that bubbled up from within you being mm-hmm. echoed from someone else, you know, from another area, from another time, another space, another way of, you know, it's all saying the same thing. But when you actually mm-hmm. get to the point where you can see someone else saying what you yourself have been saying or, or, or the things that are, are important to you from the inside out, you know, and I heard somebody not too recently talk about the fact that that you, that, that, they alluded to the fact that you can't really learn anything outside of someone teaching it to you. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, we're empty vessels and yeah. we have to be yeah. poured into from the outside, you know, and, and, and first that's, that's, that's crazy and scary to think about. Mm-hmm. If that's your proposition, if you think that that's how the world works and everything that you have to know, you have to find a teacher to teach it to you. Just imagine how, how to me, that's scary. To me, that's scary. That's it scary to think scary. that. That's, that's terrifying. That's that there is nothing in and of myself that I could that I could pull up from or pull from or go down into and meet and become. But everything I need to become is outside of myself, which goes directly against what this book is really saying. Mm-hmm. Because it's talking about the fact that we're all indoctrinated and domesticated. I like the way it uses the word domesticated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're mm-hmm. kids. We're wild animals, and we're free, and we're full of life, and we're living in the moment. But when you become domesticated, you're shamed into being what everybody else is. Just for the mere sake of not standing out or not looking crazy or not looking weird or not looking, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's shame. I mean, we talk about that all the time, you know. Yep. It's shame. Yep. It's a, society creates this shame, and you start shaming your kids and conditioning them with shame mm-hmm. as they're, when they're young to pull all that, quote, unquote, wildness out of them and domesticate them like dogs. Mm-hmm. We're like domesticated yep. dogs walking around completely, you know, aligned with something that's not really us, which in, a, which in essence takes away your power, your power yep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you become a citizen, slave, 
so you can appease and and, and, and not for not, not not even for the people around you, but for everyone, for the people that are at the top controlling everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's like we talk about the fact that we live in a free country and all of that, but we're living under feudalism. And there's a there's a code of ethics that go along with that, and there's a code of ethics that go along with the way that you conduct yourself and the way that you mm-hmm. conduct yourself and what you believe in and what you ad- ad- aspire to be, and none of that stuff has anything to do with you. So when mm-hmm. you when you step out of your own persona and you step into this other civil persona, you're leaving all your power behind. You leave all your power behind in exchange for something that's not even for you. It hasn't been designed for you. It's not for you. And, and, and we think that being a model citizen is something that we should aspire to be. <laughs> and that's completely against the law of nature. That's comp- antithetical right. to anything that has to do with nature and, and that you are. Right. And I think that's what my feelings were with my belief system that I was given is I felt caged and trapped mm-hmm. and domesticated. Domesticated is a, mm-hmm. is a perfect term to use for that because I felt all of the wildness was, like you said, shamed out of you or punished out of me. Um, and I, but and I felt like I was just someone just following one rule after another rule after another rule after another rule, and. I remember about the time that I had read the book, um, I had um, the the job that I had at the time was somewhere where I was very able to use my creativity, but I was still felt like I was still very boxed in. And so I I was trying to maneuver the system but through all of the rules and the regulations that I was given and it wasn't working and I was feeling very trapped and I remember in a meeting um, with the woman who was my supervisor at one time she saw me and I didn't it didn't even register at the time but she saw me trying to be very diplomatic and trying to raise my concerns but being very diplomatic and trying to think about everybody's feelings and she said, you were raised very well. <laughs> and at the mm-hmm. time, I thought, wow, that's probably one of the things I could get. And now I think about that like, whoa, <laughs> that is probably one of the worst things that somebody could say because it means that you are so well trained. <laughs> mm-hmm. You are so well trained. Mm-hmm. Well done, good and faithful coon. Yes. Oh, yes. 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 <laughs> That's what he said. Well done, yeah. people, Coon. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Okay, I want to um, read something that gives a little bit more insight on the domestication. While I'm doing that, I was able to connect you guys. So I am going to disconnect you from my call. So if it hangs up on you or if you have to click over, you can call back during. Um, uh, while I'm reading this, so just FYI, I'm going to read this, and I'm going to disconnect you two and then call back in if you get disconnected from the show, but you should be connected to the show now. Okay. All right. Um, so I want to read read something to give you some indication of 
what domestic, if you have not read the book and you're listening, what um, we were talking about when he talks about domestication of, of humans and what um, Don Miguel Ruiz says is at an early age we learn punishment and reward and they form and we form an image of perfection in order to try to be good enough to get the reward. We live by the image of how we should be in order to be accepted by everybody else. And our fear of being rejected becomes the fear of not being good enough. In the end, we are not good enough for ourselves because we don't fit with the image of perfection. So we punish ourselves with our own judgment. So it becomes a system of we're so well trained that we don't have they don't we don't need them to punish us anymore. We become the punishers because um, we know what we need to do to get a system of reward, which is acceptance or punishment, which is alienation or ostracizing. I don't know exactly what that term is. Um, Or how to say that, ostracization. Ostracization. So we punish ourselves, and because we can't meet the standards of someone else's belief system, we think less of ourselves. And so we begin to resent ourselves for not living up to someone else's ideas of who we should be, which, of course, Mm -hmm. can be nothing else but a trap. Mm -hmm. And it happens in every realm of society. So you get it at school, you get it at church, you get it in your family, you get it in relationships. Um, Almost every relationship that you have is a system of you do what I want you to do or I'm going going to be mad at you, which means I turn away from you. You're not going to get the love and consent the love and affection that you would get if you did what I wanted you to do. And we raise our children like that because that's what we, how we've been raised. And, and we, we approach our partners like that because that's how we manipulate each other to do what we want them to do. Um, mm-hmm. So it is, it becomes your code of conduct where you have this system of beliefs and everybody in who's in the same society who gets the same messaging from media, um, a shared religion, a common cultural bond, all have this agreement that this is how this is what you do and this is what you don't do according to who society says you are. Um, mm. And because there are different levels of societies certain people have a different code of contact than other people, and we just kind of accept it blindly because everybody we know does it and it's been given to us. And although it might not be comfortable, it's less, it's more comfortable than being rejected by those people who you look to for safety and structure. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of how we get, we, we get all of the wild animal <laughs> knocked out of us all of the freedom, freedom to express yourself the way that you want to express yourself gets punished out of you and you just become um, a representation of what society 
wants you to be. So then you learn to just put on your mask and leave your mask on. And then your mask becomes a part of who you are. Um, Any more thoughts about that? Yeah, I think that uh, we are so much more aware and intelligent than we're willing to admit because I think um, when we're domesticated, it's it's never quite complete. So it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's done enough for one to to live a domesticated life, but on some level there is a disconnect and a discord that lingers, and it I think it bubbles up from time to time. I think sometimes it shows up as well, a lot of times it shows up as disease. I think a lot of cancer. I think it shows up as uh, mm-hmm. both socially and non-socially acceptable addiction. I think a lot about sugar addiction. So I think that there never is a complete and total agreement to the domestication. I think it's just that you let the the fear of not being loved, of total rejection, dominate you, and you suffer for it. Yeah. Even if you are successful by society's standards, even mm-hmm. if your family loves you, even if everybody loves you, I've been that mm-hmm. person that, quote, unquote, I thought everybody loved. And there's still, there's still misery. There's still depression. There's still disease. And it's because we can't deny to that most intelligent part of ourselves that which is honest and true. Yes. Absolutely. And we all have, and you mentioned having, um, you know, like sugar addictions and addictions. He talks about that, too, in the book. And he says, because just being yourself is the biggest fear that we have. So instead of getting out of our cages and being yourself, we use distractive behaviors like addictions or right. um, a number of, of other food or, you know, whatever it is that we use as a, as a distraction to not think about being in the cage that you desperately want to get out of. And you can get out. The door is open. But you're trained to think that the cost is so great of getting out of there. And it's so, I'm so afraid if I really show you who I am and you reject me, what does that mean for me? And so just being yourself, I mean, that, that, that phrase right there is so powerful, just being yourself is the biggest fear that we have. Mm-hmm. It's insane to think about how powerful that is. And it's such a trap. Yeah. I was going to say it's it's such a trap because the people who who you want to keep around can handle it, and if they can't, I mean mm-hmm. they they disappear, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost Absolutely. literally disappear before your Absolutely. eyes. Yep. Absolutely. And you got to take into account the bag that they put us in, the bag that they put us in, mm-hmm. and the way that that they've able to be able to suppress the world was my really. Sean, I don't know if it's just me, but your your sound it sounds jumbled. You're not clear. Not clear. How about now? That's better. Yeah, that's better. Oh. Is that better? It's, yes. It's, 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 Westernized religion has it went back. Many. Move around or something. How about this. Yeah. Talk. Okay, start talking. Uh, yeah. Okay, talk. 
Yeah, it's not working. When you start talking, it gets very, very jumbled. Um, figuring, I'm figuring that one out. Um, yeah, move around and just say something. Um, we are probably going to have to um, do a whole series on this because we haven't even gotten to the four agreement part. <laughs> <laughs> so we we probably should spend a show on each agreement. I think that would be really good because the whole domestication of to get to um, the domestication of humans part, but this is so so important just to kind of set the foundation of why the four agreements are so key to allowing your freedom because I think a lot of people don't see. It's almost like, um, and I use this analogy all the time, of asking a fish to describe water, and he'll say, what's water? Because when you're so immersed in it and it's all you've known, you don't know that there is anything else. So you assume that, you know, if it's, if it's everything, then you don't name it to differentiate it from anything else. So when you are immersed in your cage, your cage becomes the whole world, and you don't know that there is a cage. So first you have to know that there is a cage before you can think about freeing yourself from it and knowing that the feelings of fear and fear and trapped feelings is not normal, it's not a given, it's not your natural state. And I think a lot of people think that that's the natural state and they don't realize that your natural state is being free and feeling alive and feeling happy. Um, And they won't know until they feel differently. If you've always felt anxious and fearful and trapped, you think anxious and fearful and trapped becomes your normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't know that there's anything else until you start to feel that there is something else. Um, So I think talking about the domestication is important to introduce the idea that there there are cages and there is a way out of your cages and it's not normal and it's not okay. So it's okay to allow yourself to be a free, expressive person, and it's okay to be yourself. Again, it is exposing yourself, being vulnerable, and we talked about being vulnerable a lot on the show, Um, but that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Um, Sean, are you back? Can we hear you? No, I don't hear you at all. Are you on mute? Did you have to call back? Let me see. Um, no, you're not on mute. Maybe I'll have to call you back. Oh, yeah, just said your call just dropped. Okay. You're on. Okay. <laughs> oh. Hello. Hello. All right. Well, I mean, you, we're, born, we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, man. When you're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, you come here 
a damaged vessel. And no one ever repairs you. Mm-hmm. You're never repaired. You're never repaired. You're looking for this thing that's out there that's going to repair you and fix you. When you find it, you've got to hold on to it with all your might because if you let go, you tumble back into to your nothingness. So mm-hmm. when you come here thinking you ain't shit, then what, mm-hmm. what chance do you have unless you get outside of that box to really see that box for what it is? You, 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 you're shaped mm-hmm. in it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost mm-hmm. unfair. You, you, you're born with these scales on your eyes that you have to find the strength to take it off. And then when you take them off, right. you see that the Bible doesn't start with Genesis. It actually starts with Revelation. And the, the mark of the beast right. and all of that shit is already upon us. And the Antichrist that we keep looking for is Jesus Christ. Anybody yeah. talking about the Antichrist coming, Antichrist yeah. coming, Antichrist coming. He's here already. And if you mm-hmm. look at history in its totality and you see where all of all of the peace and the connectedness to God that people once had was interrupted by this thing that we now call our Savior, that's the damn Antichrist. Because you're the Christ. When you're aligning yourself with something that's outside of yourself, you're giving away all your power to something that isn't real. So the Bible starts with revelations. If you want to look at it from a historical perspective, we keep talking about the fact that, you know, Satan is going to rule for 2,000 years. We're in the throes of that right now. Wow. That's interesting because um, I heard the story once. It speaks to exactly what you said about it takes away, you know, the Christ is the Savior, and then... I'm trying to work this out in my mind. Okay. Like when you go to, like the missionaries go to, there's a story about this, the missionaries going to like the Amazon and telling them about Jesus and Jesus will save you. And and the um, native says, well, I don't believe that. And he says, well, you, if you don't believe it, then you'll go to hell. And he said, well, what if I had never heard of him? And he said, well, then the missionary says you'd be okay. And he said, "Well, well, then why did you tell me?" <laughs> so that he had his he had his peace he he had his exactly. everything until he was introduced to this idea of duality and heaven and hell and this person come to save you Separation, when he didn't need saving and that speaks exactly right. to what you just talked about of until okay. this idea of this entity outside of you coming to save you. You didn't need saving. Now that it's come into your existence, now you have to do the song and dance and follow all these rules and go through all of these guidelines and all this, walk this tightrope in order to be saved when before told you to it, you were safe. That speaks Mm -hmm. exactly to what you were saying. That's right. That's right. And the wow. church, the government, the police, all of that is all the same one entity. Uh-huh. It's all the same oppressive uh-huh. force. The mark of the beast and all of that is the social security number and the birth certificate and all of that other shit. You can't buy, sell, and trade without these numbers. But in that, that's not something that's coming later on. It's something we've been in. And it's all the same one thing. That's why churches have 501c3 status because they're a part of that arm. That oppressive mm-hmm. arm. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Right. They're agents of that. <clears throat> and that Christ thing and all of that. All of that is the same package. 
Mm-hmm. The same package. It's the same one oppressive package. So yeah, we we in the reign of the devil. Antichrist is that dude. And all these folks sitting in church right. talking about the Antichrist and I want to be on the right side. You already on the wrong side. You in the belly of the beast talking about God. Right. Right. <laughs> and you, you know what I'm saying? Right in the belly of the beast. Right. About the, getting dressed the up for it. Right. Yeah, giving them your money. With the big ass hat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Giving the same your church money, money and, um, who takes it down energy. to that bank and puts it in that bank, and that bank turns around and buys up your community. The same people. So don't tell that you the same you're not, you get, by the way. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, and they take your money and won't lend it to you so that you can stay no, no. in your home. <laughs> Right. No, 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 man, right. that thing is crazy. That's the big, that's the most wicked, that's the single most wicked device. If you, again, if you go back and you look at history, you have to, you can't just come in in the middle of the story and start looking at the Bible and think you got the entire history of the world in your hand. <laughs> if you're not looking at where the Bible right. came from, you got to understand it on the, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got to understand the whole picture. But you got to be able to free yourself enough to get outside to look at the whole picture. And when you look at the whole picture, you were like, damn, I was on the wrong side the whole time. Uh-huh. Right. It talks about the fact that the dude, the Antichrist, is coming out of Italy. He will come out of Italy. And I remember reading that when I was, you know, in church and stuff and thinking, how in the hell is talking about many people are going to be deceived? Well, how can they be deceived when all of this is right here in your face and you know the signs you look for? But you don't realize until you step back and get outside of it that you're already in the throes of it. You're living in it. It's taking place now. Man, that shit is wild. They're going to kill me about the book. And it's like, you know, again, you you just take on something that your people told you, and they they take it on because their people told them, and their, their forefathers told them, and their forefathers had it beating to them to tell everybody. Right. So you can see mm-hmm. where the hiccup took place. You can see where the interruption happened and how it happened. And then you move on the timeline forward and you can see why everything is the way that it is. You know what I'm saying? And you mm-hmm. can go back mm-hmm. in the timeline mm-hmm. and see how it was before that interruption happened because those things are still yeah. all around. They're still, they're still in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you have to be able to get going back to that book. You have to be able to get to the point where you can make yourself your chief tenant and obey and honor uh-huh. yourself as uh-huh. a manifestation uh-huh. of God. Uh-huh. And don't give that away to I wanna, anybody. Right. Yeah. I want to read something that kind of speaks to that right now. Um, and we can talk about. It. We got about nine minutes left. Okay, it says. The real you is still a little child who never grew up. Sometimes that little child comes out when you are having fun or you're playing or when you feel happy, when you are painting or writing poetry or playing the piano or expressing yourself in some way. These are the happiest moments of your life. When the real you comes out, when you don't care about the past and you don't worry about the future, you are childlike. But there is something that changes all of that. We call it responsibilities. The judge says, wait a second, you are responsible, you have things to do, you have work to do, you have to go to school, you have to earn a living. 
all of these responsibilities come to mind. Our face changes and becomes serious again. If you watch children when they are playing with adults, you will see their little faces change. Let's pretend I'm a lawyer. And right away, their faces change. The adult face takes over. We go to court, and that is the face you see. We are still children, but we have lost our freedom. Mm-hmm. 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 Man. <laughs> That's true. Wow. It's so true. You, so true. Yeah. Because if you really think about it, just think about what weight training does and how weight training basically strengthens you because there's resistance. And then you take into uh-huh. a fact and take into account what atrophy is, and you don't use your muscles how you lose them. Now you have a certain part of you, uh-huh. or the, the the biggest part of you that you just abandoned. You stepped outside uh-huh. of, and you're out here functioning in the world, like you know. Again, trying to change the movie from the movie screen as opposed to going into the projector and changing the film. You're on the screen. You got a, 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 a pen and a marker, and you're trying to rearrange the, the characters that are acting out on the screen instead of going back into the movie projector. But when you're gone, you stop. When you're a kid, whenever you whenever you whenever you hit the age of accountability, as they call it, was it seven years or whatever, mm-hmm. you stop growing. Okay. It, Feeding that. If there's nothing feeding it, if you're not edifying that, you're going away again. Hello? Did he drop? Hey, Silverson. I think he may have dropped again. Let's see if she's still there. Oh, yeah, he dropped again. See if he calls back. Um, in the meantime, we've got about five minutes left. Let's the next show. Let's talk about the first agreement, which is be impeccable with your word, and we'll we'll concentrate the whole show on that because this has been a really good um, discussion on setting the foundation for the other four agreements. Um, so we've got about five minutes left, so we can go ahead and. Talk about um, last thoughts, Aaron. Your last thoughts, John. Sure. I mean, as you look over your life to this point, ask yourself how much of what you know has been told to you, and how much of what you know actually comes from experiential knowledge. And for the things that have been told to you that you accept as true without really questioning it, then it's time for you to do some more questioning. Oh, I'll call you. Oh, I'm sorry. Do some more questioning. That's all right. Just, yeah, do some more questioning. And, you know, go out in Mm -hmm. nature and and talk to a tree about religion and see what happens. Mm. Mm. Talk to a tree, yeah. I think, um, or just try to, I think it's important to uh, really get in touch with nature because that's who you are. So, Mm -hmm. find a patch of grass and take your shoes off and stand in it and... Um, go outside with no sunglasses on and no sunscreen. I mean, there's so many things that we've been trained and taught to separate ourselves from who we are and what we are. And the sun, which is the most life-giving thing on this planet, we're 
we are taught to fear it. Put sunscreen on. Put sunglasses on. Don't stay in the sun too long. Um, all of those things that take us away from who we are, and so therefore makes it easier makes it easier for us to um, be trained. So just do those things that, again, the childlike things, the things that you would do. There are things that I look at, at my kids and I look at some of the things they do, and I think if if I did some of the things they did, and it's just like playing or turning circles or staring at their feet or, you know, just simple things. If I did that, I would look completely insane. But them doing that is completely is natural because that's what you're supposed to do when you're a kid. You're supposed to explore. You're supposed to just give in to your whims and your feelings. If I want to turn circles in the middle of the room, I turn circles in the middle of the room. And because we have this code of conduct when we get older, that becomes unacceptable behavior because, it's not predictable to those who feel like they need to predict what you're doing in order for to feel comfortable within themselves. So if you go outside and do, you know, cartwheels down a busy sidewalk or you turn circles, you get up and turn circles in the middle of a business meeting or whatever, it looks insane because you're not following the code of conduct that you agreed upon when you decided to take those responsibilities that he talks about in the book. Um, when you take those responsibilities, you become an adult. You decide to ch- turn, those, turn those things off, shut that door, and never revisit that because it's looked at as vulnerable. And we look at vulnerability as weakness instead of looking at it as really the only strength that we have is vulnerability. Um, and that's what we need to get back to, that we, we think that something that is natural and wild is untamed and uncivilized um, when all of the rules, regulations, guidelines, dogma, everything that we've put on ourselves have made us the uncivilized savages that we accuse people who feel very close to their natural selves. Um, who don't have rules and don't have stuff that they're collecting and don't have the responsibilities that we think that they have, who live choose to live simple, we look at them with pity because they don't have stuff and they don't live in these complicated, overcomplicated societies. Um, in turn, everything that we are accusing them of, they're looking at us and feeling sorry for us because we're so weighed down by all of this unnecessary nonsense. Um, so I think our our work here in freeing ourselves is to get closer to who we are, get closer to our childlike sense, and be, um, be ourselves. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, and we've got about one minute. So um, last stop before we get cut off. Anything else, Erin? Um, Oh, I think that's that's a beautiful place to end. Okay. Okay, so we'll talk about being impeccable with your words on the next show. So looking forward to it. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Aaron. Thank Thanks, you. Sean. Thank you. <laughs>